Footy Ado, the Delusional Soccer Podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. Saying the plane is going to crash, negative, will cause panic, not nostalgic at all. Saying sugar, we're going down, haha, <laughs> remember that song? Pete Wentz flipped the bass around in the video. That was sick as hell. Man, that was a good song. <laughs> I guess that's one way to handle impending death and doom. Um, it's also one way to start a podcast, and boy did you start to say that right as I hit record. And I see... Absolutely no reason to cut that out. So uh, it's gonna stay. Wow, wow! Look love to us. see it. Look, look, <laughs> look at us. Some things you just love to see. And um, one of the things that you love to uh, one of the things you love to hear is us actually getting out a podcast semi consistently. Well, uh, yeah. the whole network is starting to starting to tick and hum a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and Sal is, you know, starting to, he, he's asking me about, um, you know, Banana Land and when that's, uh, and, and he, he's trying to get the, uh, the first topic of that show out of me and I will not budge. Now, I, I, I feel like, I feel like we could probably even say it right now and he won't know, but I'm going to hold off just in case. Just in case he decides to show some, show some loyalty and listen to the pod. Yeah, um, for the sanctity of it, but yeah, we're we're starting to tick things around. I'm trying to uh, write some stuff for for Banana Land in terms of intros, just to get that previewed and, and get that episode rolling. Um, and of course, with uh, you know, in terms of cue the banter and movies and stuff like that, the Oscar season is is pushing. So obviously, we're we're always going to record around that time. So. Exciting, exciting stuff for Ilto Eight, our our podcast network, and we'll see if we can actually form something with it. Yeah, you know we're gonna we're gonna try our best, yeah. and uh, you know it, it may require a, a bit more uh, a bit more help, but uh, there's there's plenty of, of people involved, and mm-hmm. uh, we're looking forward to really getting that off the ground. But uh, we've uh, we've had two match days since we last spoke. Um, you know, instead of recording after the weekend with midweek football, um, we decided to, to wait till this midweek slate was over. Um, and of yeah. course, we have the FA Cup to look forward to this weekend. So next week, we'll be back with just an FA Cup uh, fourth round roundup, if you will. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird that you say that. I, did, I, had, I didn't know that um, there were games this past midweek. Um, must have totally just missed them, you know? Just didn't watch. Didn't watch anything. Yeah, just, a, just completely. Nothing no- is coming to mind. I'm trying to look at my notes here. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look like anything. There, Zach, there were no games. There were no. There were no London derbies or anything, right? No, nothing big. Well, nothing. Yeah. Listen, we'll 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 get on to the games that you're pretending d- didn't exist in just a bit. Let's uh let's start with the match that uh you know as we're recording just ended. Um, Liverpool and Wolves, Wolves hosting uh, the league leaders and essentially the champions elect. Um, And this game, you know, in in a season where Liverpool is unbeaten this far in, 
could be a tricky one because Wolves are always good against you know they're they're a great team, but they're always good against the the big six and have taken points off of every team in that in that category in the big six category um, in the in the past two seasons. So um, they they always play up to the occasion, and it looked. You know, in in the first half, it it actually it looked like it was going to get a bit tricky for Liverpool. They score in the eighth minute. Jordan Henderson uh, scores. You know, um, so business as usual from the start. But then it's a Sadio Mane injury that forces him off in the thirty third minute. Mm-hmm. So you start to think, all right, well, he's kind of been the the best player for them this season. Um, in my opinion, uh, you know, up right up there with him is is Bobby Firmino, but. Um, Mane going off made this a bit trickier than they wanted to, and they uh, they brought on one of the new signings, uh, Minamino from uh, Red Bull Salzburg, who they signed in January. Yeah, this is an interesting game. I was thinking about it, and I was like so ready to come on the podcast and pointlessly uh, brag that I had called something with this game because I there was a lot that you know it's starting to be talked about uh, Liverpool, you know, being invincible. Um, and Wolves is always a tricky, tricky, uh, team. And I was starting to think to myself, this might be the game. And I wanted to like give you a call and be like, Hey, put money down on, on, on Wolves winning for me. And I didn't. And then Liverpool scored. Especially because that's illegal, Jared. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, Liverpool, uh, scored early and I was like, okay, but like now would maybe be even a better time to do it because you know they score early, they're confident. Oh, here we go, Liverpool again. Wolves is always a tough place to play. And then I got the update that um, they eat, that Wolves equalized, and I was like, oh, I should have done it. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, I should have done it. Put that money down. Fifty-first um, minute, you know, 40, 40 minutes to play, um, and and Liverpool, like I said, had lost Mane. You're thinking this, this might be it. Yeah, um, but again, Liverpool, what they've done all season, they they snatch it with a with a clutch Firmino goal, and yeah, not only do they keep their invincible streak alive, but they they get all three points, which uh, is even more uh, impressive. Yeah, and still they have only dropped two points this season. Fifteen and, left, and they. And let's let's not forget that their match at the weekend was against uh, Manchester United, so mm-hmm. um, not easy games for them. United obviously not playing nearly as well as uh, as they would hope, and of course their midweek loss to Burnley, which we'll discuss in a bit, makes the Liverpool win seem maybe a bit less impressive. Um, but still, it's you know early goal. Virgil van Dijk, I mean, who else? He scores in the 14th minute. And then Manchester United played actually pretty well. I was impressed with um, the amount of the ball that they had, even though Liverpool, you know, had the majority of possession. It wasn't as dominant as I expected Liverpool to be. And they only got that second goal in the 93rd minute on a breakaway in which the defender... The last defender um, chasing down Mo Salah was Daniel James. 
and it was a ball played out from Allison. So the first goal is a defender scoring assisted by a defender, and the second goal is Salah scoring assisted by the goalkeeper, who impressively was the first he was one the first to one to Salah celebrate. to celebrate. Yeah. Ran the length of the pitch and slid on his knees and celebrates um, with Mo Salah. But I'm sure there's like stats now where a player on a different team is struggling and they'll point out, oh, hey, Allison has the same amount of assists yeah. as this he has. He has more goals and assists since uh, the start of the calendar year 2019 than Jesse Lingard. There you go. That... Journos always find something. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, oof. oof City population one, and it's Jesse Lingard. Um, yeah, incredible, incredible uh, again for Liverpool. Um, fifteen games left. They still have a game in hand. It's it's incredible to see. I'm like looking at the form chart right now. In the past five games, Man City have been very good. One draw, uh, four wins. They are sixteen points behind Liverpool. Yeah. And Liverpool have a game in hand. Uh-huh. Uh, it's over. It's done. It's dusted. Done this and dusted, with... yeah. it. Wrap it up. Um, the thing about Liverpool, you know, the, the goal that they conceded to Wolves today was their first goal conceded in quite some time since December 4th. They had seven straight Premier League clean sheets. Um, and I know we talked earlier on in the season about how they hadn't been as impressive defensively. And they pretty much shut me up uh, fairly quickly there. Yeah, they knew you were gonna. They knew you were gonna bring it up. Yeah. Um, I, I said it. Then they went seven matches in a row without conceding. Um, but you know, by far the best defensive team right now in the Premier League. They've allowed 15 goals. Uh, the next best is Leicester City, who have allowed 24. Um. And gotta get a gotta get a good defense. You want to win the Premier League. You gotta it, get a good defense. It's incredible it's, how black and white uh, Liverpool's success is when you look at before they had Virgil Van Dijk and after they had signed him, because we kind of knew it, it. You look at this team and you're like, this is one piece away. If they can make sure that Lovren's not a consistent starter, then the sky matter. is the limit. Doesn't matter if Lovren's starting or not at this point. Well, if he's starting I mean, next to Van Dyke, it's okay. That's what I'm saying. But, that's what I'm but saying. But beforehand, yeah. when he was like option number one, right? That that was not not good. Now, yeah. Well, it's funny. That reminds me of like what you said to me when we were talking about David Luiz going to Arsenal, okay. and uh, I was like, "It's crazy that you bought him." And you're like, "It is one crazy that we bought him. Two, he's our best defender." <laughs> it's, and that's that's a good segue into moving on to the London derby that apparently did not happen for you. Yeah, he is... Wait, what happened? What's oh, up? Oh, my God. 2-2 two, two at Stamford Bridge between Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, and oh, anytime... so so it was, a, it was, you know, 11 versus 11, tough game, London derby, nitty-gritty. Uh, Chelsea, the better game. team, unlucky to come away with just a point, right? Yeah. Right, that's what it was, right? Um, so... Let's. I'm gonna go back to uh, my text messages before the game. You hate when I look at the lineup. You always text me with the lineup. Say, "Oh, it's over. Here you go." And then Arsenal will get the win or something. Or yeah. like it's. And it always happens. Oh, we have this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, because of course, like you follow you follow Arsenal 
more than you follow Chelsea, and I know more about Chelsea's form and their and the their lineup. So I'll even look at a lineup and be like, oh geez, this lineup isn't good. And then you'll text me like, oh, it doesn't matter. Mustafi's in the back line. Y- you can just take the three points. And every time, like it, it rarely pans out that way. Yeah, I listen. Just just hear me out. I I did text you. I said congrats on the three points. Mustafi is starting. Um, I was hoping that uh, Socrates would be fit for the game he's dealing with an illness should be back um for the fa cup this weekend but you know we started mustafi and louise um you did say stop messaging me before the games because of lineups you always jinx it i and i told you that you you said that he had a good game last week he made he did make mistakes that it's just sheffield didn't take advantage of and if he Mm -hmm. made mistakes i was confident that chelsea uh that chelsea would um and Chelsea, who couldn't punish Brighton enough or Newcastle. I know. Your home form is, I mean, it's atrocious. It's astonishing. The Chelsea home form. And um, I thought that looking at the lineup for Chelsea, um, it was too defensive in midfield for for the team that Arsenal put out. Mm -hmm. But this, you know, Mustafi, 26 minutes in, proved me right. He plays a ball back to Burn Leno. Leno tries I, tries to I, get there. Yeah, I still haven't seen the pass. Go go, go back and look. I'm gonna find it. I, yeah, um, I'm pulling it up because I had trouble I, finding. I it was texting after. you as it was going on. I know you were listening and you were a bit delayed or some of some sort. Right. And, yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, and I, 26 minute. He sends the pass back. Uh, Leno can't get to it. Abraham is around him. <laughs> David Luiz is going, is trying to get there, and he has been sent off on his return to Stamford Bridge. Um, the Chelsea fans, uh, even before the red card, were booing him the entire time, um, which is exactly what you like to see when a guy has won a Champions League with you, right? Yeah. Um, oh and don't worry, only... He's also only. Do you, you can't. Won. I'm sorry. He's, he's, only, I, no. he's only won several other trophies in in the show. Is that so. what it's down to? Trophies? Because I'm, I'm talking to the guy who's hated had a uh, a bounty on Cesc Fabregas ever since he joined Arsenal. So how? Many, uh, how is that um, what I'm saying? Is it down to trophies? If he won trophies because he was an excellent player for you, um, I don't know if it was his fault that you guys didn't win anything with him. I think with, uh, with Cesc Fabregas, it was. Uh, um, the fact that when he moved to Barcelona, he forced his way out as the captain, and that kind of irked fans a little bit. But yeah, mind that. you, Cesc Fabregas was on the team that went invincible. So there you go. So he had. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it should be stated. I don't. I don't have any ill will towards towards David Luiz. Um, for his move. I, th- I think a lot of Chelsea fans were just disappointed. I, I think what fans don't realize is... You were lucky to l- sell him? <laughs> we, I mean, it ended up working out, and I think people realize that now, but, like, it. I mean, it, it, in some ways, and in a lot of players' minds, it's it, it's a business. There's some players yeah. who have that. Like, it, people should realize that it's, it's unique and special when a player is incredibly loyal to a club. Um, that's, that's special. I mean, there is enough of it where like, there's a lot of it, but like a lot of the times it's, it, they need to make the decision that's best for their career yeah. and what it fits. And I think that's what Louise thought he was 
um, getting into because I think him and him him and Lampard didn't really. I guess he didn't really agree too much on where the. I guess his direction or the club's uh, you know style was going. So it, he he made his move. So no ill will there. I'm at this point. Obviously, I'm and I am happy that it's. Um, you know, keep in he's not keep in, in mind, setup. from my standpoint, you're absolutely right. If this had happened the other way around, I would love to see the Arsenal fans booing the player that joined Chelsea. No doubt about it. But I knew I knew it would trigger a little bit, so I had to say it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jorginho scores the penalty in the 28th minute. It's one nil. This down to 10 men. Bad. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's 1-0. Down to 10 men away at the bridge. My only thoughts are 6-0. Right. That's no. what I have in my mind. And yeah. at halftime, I make a conscious decision. It's time for the sad nap already for me. Because I got a text. You know, my time the game started at 3.15. I got a text at 1.30 saying that I had to work at 6.30 that night. Okay. And mind you, I don't have a tough job. I'm on the radio. I don't have to work you're hard. You're doing this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm literally doing this, except there's a soundboard in front of me and maybe more people listening. Mm-hmm. Debatable, though. Um, and so I, I decided, you know, I think if I watch the rest of this match, Arsenal are going to get absolutely battered. It's going to, it's going to be terrible. So I... I, wake, I was hoping. I, I think Chelsea up. could have used that. Cause... I wake up and it's the 89th minute. It is 2-2. I'm on top of the world. I saw yeah. neither Arsenal goal. I didn't see the second Chelsea goal. I couldn't be happier with my decision to go go to sleep. And it's weird because this is, this is, you know, it, it could turn out to be a, a pretty, not I wouldn't say like a a famous result. It's a it's a draw, but it's down to ten men. Early in the Mikel Arteta reign at Arsenal, this is this shows heart, this shows desire, this shows fight, mm-hmm. and that's that's massive. The Gabriel Martinelli goal from running from his own penalty area to score. Now I know that Conte slipped. Conte, if if you actually look at a slow motion or a, a close up picture, Conte tries to take him down with his arm. Yeah, once he's on the ground. Um, fails, and it it just looks like, like Martinelli, he he was going fast. It looks like it was a light jog for him. Like if I was going that speed, I don't think I'd ever walk again after I was done. No, yeah, I mean he, yeah, it, it looks he made that look easy. And of course, Mustafi getting the assist is pretty pretty fucking incredible. Pardon me. There you go. Yeah. Um. um look. Lacazette, what is Lacazette doing? He's doing the same pose. Lacazette, you're, you're playing on the road. You don't score. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> I mean, at this point, Let's he's relax. playing home anyway, and he's not scoring. So, um, and uh, this this goal, I think, is big for Martinelli in the fact that um, Aubameyang has one more game uh, that he suspended, and he will surely walk back into the team when that suspension is up. And yeah. uh, Alex Lacazette will find himself on the bench. I have all the confidence in the world that Martinelli will start out wide and Aubameyang will start up top. And that's a, a thing where um, Lacazette can't be utilized out wide, but both of those guys can be. So they can actually rotate in and out um, depending on how the game is going. It's more dynamic for Arsenal. They're both faster. Um, 
So I think that, I think this is massive. And then, of course, you have the kind of heartbreak feeling. I mean, most Arsenal fans did. I didn't. Um, Aspilicueta scores in the 84th, um, in the 84th minute, and you think, all right, well, nope, they... too early. I know. <laughs> they score in the 84th minute, and the thought has to be, we should have figured this out well before... Yeah, I, I, I had a weird, it was a weird reaction for me. I was just like, I mean, I was like, good, whatever. Like, you guys shouldn't have been pegged back in the first place. Yeah. Like, just, just close it out. But I, I had, I didn't have the most confidence that they would close it out. Yeah. Um, which shows a lot more than I think the result does was my, was my feeling. Uh, you know, I, I it's interesting because you, you said you went to sleep right before halftime. I mean, I was listening to it, so I wasn't watching the game, so I didn't really have the eye test for it. But yeah. Nothing in the in the audio commentary that I was listening to made me feel like Chelsea were putting the game away. Obviously, they didn't score, but like it wasn't like I'm I'm listening. I'm like, I, I, if you're Arsenal, I you have to feel like you still are very much in this game based on what Chelsea are doing uh, to close out this half after this red card, and it's just especially at, you're at home against a rival. I don't know. I, I I wish I could speak more to to the atmosphere at Stamford Bridge because obviously there's something going on with their form at home, and I, I feel at some point the support needs to have some sort of responsibility and and how this team plays. Not completely, but I think there's a little bit there because, you know, the, why is this team struggling to play so well at home? Let's make the atmosphere needs to be tougher for other teams to play. You need to be uh, behind the team unequivocally, regardless of how the match is going. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. I mean, Arsenal two, Chelsea two. We saw this recently. We saw this in the in recent years. It was a Chelsea fullback scoring the goal to go up two one. What looks like the winner, I think, around the eighty third minute, and then Bellerin scores an excellent goal from pretty much the same spot. Uh, this was at the Emirates, I remember two yeah. two. But wild draws uh, in recent years and with with these teams. This is Hector Bellerin's first match back um, in. A month and a half or so he's been out for a while and you kind of think really 90 minutes at Stanford Bridge is when we're gonna put him back in the team maybe not what I would have done um yeah. but the the man went out and he didn't in the first half didn't have his best game but no one at Arsenal did yeah um looked a little off the pace but stuck with it he had the captain's armband on 87th minute a curler with it with the let not a you know, it, it's a low curler, but with the left foot, his weak foot. Um, do you think Kepa should be getting to that? I don't. I don't know. I think there are keepers that do get to that. Kepa. I mean, he's a shorter keeper, so um, I think it's mostly down to his height. He's had a rough. He's having a rough season. How much did it, he cost? Cost like seventy million or something like that. Oh, that is... And he showed promise last season. He showed a lot less of it this season. I think he had moments where he was in great form and and uh, did very well. But Chelsea, there it, it came up recently. Uh, Chelsea sold recently sold one of their younger keepers, uh, Polish keeper uh, Marcin Bolka, who I didn't realize how tall he was. Turns out he's six six. He went to PSG. I always liked him in preseason. Even, I liked him even on preseason then he'd as be the better. backup. Even then he'd be yeah. better just with the height. Yeah, with the, you know, Kepa, he doesn't command his area very well. I'm always, it's a similar thing to how I felt watching Caballero whenever he would come in as a backup, and I don't hold too much against Caballero. He is a backup. That's how he, that's, 
you know, so it's like, okay, that happens. But now watching Keppa, it's like you don't he doesn't yeah, he like corners come in and he he doesn't he doesn't, you know, claim that ball as easily. It's just it's it's been a rough go for him. Chelsea need to, you know, consider potentially buying a new keeper, which is it's it's uh it just looks like bad business considering how much they spent on, on Keppa, but he needs to recapture some of his form. But again, I even if he does, I don't necessarily know if he is. It remains to be seen whether or not he is good enough. Uh, um, and just a, a quick note, out of out of uh, you know, football more. Uh, you know the obligatory uh, podcast apology for the background noise. Um, Maisie uh-huh. seems to be pacing around the room. I don't know if you've heard anything of that. Um, I, I she have actually just so sat on one of her toys has. that sweet she cried a little bit I don't know I tried to mute it around it but um, well, she's a big Chelsea fan she, she big Chelsea is, fan she felt like if they, you say anything of that sort she, I will no, fly a, to California and I will kill your dog you is a Newcastle fan I walked in and she was watching Newcastle Brian once <laughs> big 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 on the uh is it the, mag, the magpies yes big on the old magpies yes, she is um and Big Steve Bruce fan. <laughs> <laughs> Who is not a big Steve Bruce fan? Um, big on Bruce. And just before we move on from this, hats off to a Granite Xhaka, who played as a center half um, when uh, David yeah, Luiz I... was sent off. They th- were going to bring on Rob Holding, and they were going to take off Gabriel Martinelli. What? Yeah. A decision that was uh, thought better of and paid dividends yeah um, it, Arteta, it should go, go ahead go ahead and i was saying yeah it should be said arteta deserves a, a lot of credit because he had considered that and i remember that there was talk of who they take off um and i'm even the chelsea commentators uh that i were listening to were saying you have to take off ozil before you take off martinelli yeah based on what they'd seen um so but but yeah i mean arteta saw that you know especially after the red card they kind of and you know, maybe part part of this is down to Chelsea not being, uh, not playing well enough after that that sending off. Uh, but Arsenal seemed to, their defense seemed to be uh, pretty stable and in control. And Arteta saw that and decided to to keep that, and it it, it paid dividends. Yeah, and he said after the match that um, if he would have sent on Rob Holding, that kind of would have sent the um, message to his players that it's backs against the wall. We have to. Uh, sit back and defend and hope to get something from this game. Instead, he he left it the way it was, didn't make a change until the 55th minute where he took off Ozil for Guendouzi. Rob Holding ended up coming on, but not until the final 10 minutes of the match. Um, so um, Arteta seemingly got it, got it right there, and uh, Arsenal walk away with a point from the bridge, especially after the match at the Emirates, the reverse fixture just three weeks ago. Um, it's it's a pretty big result for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we got to talk now, Man U, Manchester United a- against Burnley. Um, two matches in, in three days, or in four days, um, United score zero goals, allow four. Um, at Old Trafford, though, losing to Burnley, where Burnley has not won at Old Trafford since uh, 1962, I believe. It was. I know it's definitely in the 60s. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been a minute, and uh, they walk away with all three points. In you know, and before this weekend, we're talking Burnley. You know, they could be in trouble with relegation, and they have a comeback win against Leicester City and an in a way win at Old Trafford. I I don't think you can really um you know I don't think you can do any better than than what Burnley have done in a short span of days. Yeah. Um completely uh embarrassing performance for Manchester United. It was not just that they lost, it was at Old Trafford. They, the fans were leaving. This felt like a, oh, a new it low. Bad. It yeah. bad. Um, what Robbie Earl on NBC was talking about, you know, the cameraman's trying to find, you know, like a disappointed Manchester United fan in the stands. He couldn't. They weren't there. There was no one there. Yeah. Um, 24 I, shots for Manchester United. Yeah. 72% uh, of possession. And yeah, they it, it, could it, not, they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. Yeah, and they have a, they, it doesn't look like they have uh, any sort of direction. No, and the you know, injury about, to Marcus yeah. Rashford is is big for them. He is having his best year as far as uh, goal scoring goes. But th- there's not enough in this team. And the fact that Ed Woodward still has a job is... Pretty, pretty mind blowing to me because mm. how the narrative every time, and he must be good or his team must be good at finding a way to push the narrative on the manager. Uh, David Moyes, he was never fit for the job. Get him out. Okay. Louis Van Gaal, uh, he wasn't the guy to bring us back to the promised land. He's gone. Mourinho, same thing. Fired midseason. They bring in Ali Gunnar Solskjaer and a club legend, and now the fans are still somehow saying, um, you know, he's he's not fit for the job. How could this not be about the player development, player recruitment over the last few years? Yeah. Andreas Pereira starting as the number 10 for, uh, for Manchester United, and he is not anywhere near good enough to be putting that shirt on. Yeah. Um... I mean, I think I think Ali does deserve some some criticism, but I think you're right. I mean, you look at it; it's crazy to think looking back on it now. I mean, aside from Jose Mourinho, who got them second one year uh, in a historic season for Man City, they finished second and won a, and got a trophy, um, got them back into the Champions League. Aside from that, you look at all these seas- these seasons from these different managers comparatively, and and like it, David Moyes. David Moyes, that's the uh, Men and Blazers uh, pronunciation <laughs> of it. David Moyes uh, seemed to get the harshest criticism uh, and treatment because it was in comparison to Sir Alex Ferguson, and it was directly after that. But you look back on it, he like now he's like he's the the measurement for these other managers. Like, oh yeah, like remember remember how I see how bad this is. Well, it's really it's actually a little bit worse than what David Moyes was. Why David Moyes? David Moyes. David Moyes. David Moyes. This, yeah, <laughs> big Spanish manager. Um, David Moyes really, comparatively to the rest of the guys that followed him, wasn't all that bad. Really wasn't. Um, and the thing is that there's 
you know, talk obviously of Pochettino being available in the summer and possibly wanting to join Manchester United. So you kind of have to think, even if this isn't all on uh, Solskjaer, are they going to make a change? It it's it, I, I cannot stress enough the fact that Ed Woodward having a job at Manchester United still is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. It's almost like he's got dirt on the club somehow and he's like, "Well, I'm I'm going to let this out if you if you sack me because it has been so bad under uh under Woodward. What do you think it is? You think he's like, "Hey, just so you know, Alexis Sanchez couldn't really play piano." Yeah, like that was fake. That was fake. Oh no, we can't let this get out. Yeah, the English media—they're too harsh. Uh, It's—I mean, yeah. Looking at the so, Chelsea have dropped three dropped points in three of their last uh, four games, and I believe they've gained a point on United or uh, you know on fifth place. So as poor as Chelsea have been, as poor as their form has been. No one else is seeming to capitalize on it. I mean, Wolves, of course, are going up against Liverpool. United had just played Liverpool. But then United end up losing to Burnley in a week where they could get within three points. Now, you know, it lets Tottenham back. Tottenham are now fully in the conversation. Um, and, you know, Arsenal could be could be on the rise after that, that galvanizing performance against Chelsea. It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh there are at least there are storylines um, that uh, obviously the storyline of Liverpool is they could go an entire season unbeaten, not that there's actually a title race, um, but it you know we do have some interesting storylines around you know who who's going to be playing in Europe next season because right now Leicester City. Um, Obviously, they've hit a rough patch, um, but yesterday kind of kind of put themselves back on track with a four-one win against West Ham. Yeah. Um, they sit in third, eight points above Chelsea. And, yeah, we're and we're discussing. Are, they're fourteen points ahead of the team in fifth place, so that's that's got to be a pretty big collapse from Leicester for them to not be playing in the Champions League. Yeah, and we're discussing we're discussing Leicester more in terms their storyline this year is could they really get second? Could they really finish yeah. higher than City? We're not even talking about you know uh, top four as being a question for them. They're 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 pretty safe right now. Um, I, top four will be interesting. It looks like it's going to be the same thing that we got last year. Whether Chelsea finish in in fourth again remains to be seen, but it's very much of who's going to slip up the least, um, rather than who's going to who's going to earn it. Uh, and February could be a huge month, especially with you know Champions. It's League actually the smallest up. month, Jer. No, nobody likes a little uh, 29 days in a month joke. It is a leap year, so it's actually bigger than than most years. Yeah. This February could be bigger than most years. What will happen next on Footy Ducks? Please rate, review, subscribe. (laughs) 
please rate, but hopefully you had rated uh, the podcast before listening to that little part that I just did. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I want to talk about the contrast in starting lineups for uh, for Manchester United over the years. Okay. We're going to take just the starting lineup against Burnley. And we're going to okay. compare that to a team that won against Real Madrid in the Champions League the same year that they won, um, that Manchester United won the Premier League for the last time in 2012 and 2013. Okay, so, how do you want to do it? Um, I think I'm going to go by defense, midfield, and attack. So we'll include the keeper um, in it, which it's De Gea for both. Um, there is Rafael, uh, Rio Ferdinand, Nemanja Vidic, and Patrice Evra. Um, and in comparison, there is, like I said, De Gea, Brandon Williams, Phil Jones, Harry Maguire, who is the new captain of Manchester United, and Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Um, oh, boy. Tough, tough to tell where it's better. Um, and then in midfield, you have... In, in the 2012-2013 season, you have uh, Nanny, Carrick, Cleverly, Giggs. So Cleverly, clearly, clearly the odd man out there. Um, but um, still better than what we have. Juan Mata, who maybe out of the this midfield is the only guy even though he's a, is the only guy that I'd say well on name yeah on name alone on name alone Mata you could argue makes it into that that team Andreas Pereira Fred okay, fine Daniel Mata does not get in I, I was <laughs> kidding <laughs> Andreas Pereira Fred Daniel James and Nemanja Matic it's just just looking at what they have versus what they had it's it's insane then there right. is and like you those big the two big names you know uh Matic and Mata you know they're very as you said they're very much out of um their their prime years and of course you know you have to go back and just the like, gigs was coming to an end of his his run uh at that point but again this is a title winning side so uh you know, Matic still played another two seasons after this, so yeah. Um, you know, and then up top it was Arsenal legends uh, Danny Welbeck and Robin Van Persie, <laughs> um, and of course now it is Anthony Martial, who we thought might be good wearing the number nine shirt, and that turns out that that was a load of crap. He is just as bad as when he wore the eleven. And who did and that what was uh who's that what was that compared to? That was compared to Welbeck and Robin Van Persie? Yeah. Oh boy. Um, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. And you know, they had uh Rooney and Chicharito on the bench. Chicharito just made his move to uh LA Galaxy, of course. Um seemingly the Zlatan replacement. Um mm-hmm. but just the way that the club has fallen is it's it's rough it really is 
Um, and I'm not in the sense that, oh, I feel bad for... I don't feel bad for Manchester United fans. They had years and years of success that was almost impossible um, mm-hmm. to to keep up with. Um, yeah. But but I mean the the Premier League is best off when United are at their best. Yeah. Um, or at Ed, least contending. Just so you know, Edward Ward, he's been with the club since uh, two thousand five. But he was promoted to the position he currently holds in 2012. Um, so he had really has seen this club through the worst period in recent memory. So congratulations, Edward. Word. Job well done. Fans of other Premier League clubs, including your biggest rivals, thank you. We hope you never go anywhere. I don't think Manchester United fans feel feel quite the same. Um, just to note, Man City uh, struggled through uh, this this two match period before we close things out. Uh, the two two draw with Palace at the weekend, which they can't they cannot be Palace, which was they're down one nil. Of course, it's going to be Chank Tosun. Uh, out on loan at Palace. That's how score. I found out. That's how I found out he was on loan. Um, Aguero scores in the 82nd and 87th minute. Uh, they've turned it around, right? There's no way that Fernandinho is going to score an own goal to ruin this, right? Well, that's just what happened. Come on, that, that was everyone's thoughts, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the midweek, they went away to Sheffield United and got a late winner, uh, 73rd minute, from Sergio Aguero. Who else would it be? Um, but, always something. They always drop points against Palace. Yeah. They, that they do. They're just... The goal, the Townsend goal last season. Um, Insane. Really, I mean, come on, that's not fair. I know. Um, looking uh, ahead, we will come back either Monday or Tuesday when discussing the FA Cup. Um, taking a look at some of the matches that we have. Uh, Manchester United are going to travel to Tranmere Rovers, who defeated Watford today um, after Watford led 3-0 in the first, I guess we're going to call it the first leg, um, Tranmere win in extra time in the replay. Um Burnley and Norwich in an all-Premier League battle. Same with Southampton and Tottenham. Bournemouth and Arsenal. Uh, Chelsea get uh, Hull City from the championship, who, of course, made it to the final of the Cup. City host Fulham, who were relegated last year. And a tough match for Liverpool going up against Shrewsbury. I expect to see them in the fifth round for the first time in, in quite some time. Jurgen Klopp. The bane of his existence is the FA Cup. Um, he's going to get that Premier League title this year. He got the Champions League last year. Let's see if he can make it, you know, if he can add another trophy or two um, to this fantastic season that they're having. Yeah, because, I mean, you always, like, the one the one thing that it could be for, for Liverpool, the one knock you could have on, on the team is depending on how many trophies they win. You look back on the best teams, um, obviously Liverpool are on pace to have the best single season 
ever, but you look at some of the other teams who had uh, seasons pretty much as good, if not, you know, probably a little less, uh, but they also won trebles or doubles, you know? So it'll be interesting to see how many trophies they can they can bring in, but obviously Invincibles, Invincible and, uh, and uh, the Premier League obviously would be priority. What do you think they're going to be called if they're Invincible? Do they just call them the Invincibles again? I don't know, because that's like the Invincibles is our, like that's like, it's synonymous with that season for Arsenal. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe the second Invincible, I don't even know, like what do you call them? I'm not sure, I'm not sure what we're going to have to end up dubbing them, but um, I'm sure we'll see, because they are bound to finish the the season unbeaten. They they have just been on a entirely different level than any other team that's that's graced the Premier League. But you what, know, who did you want to see beat them? You, we talked Everton. About this. You, uh, I need. Uh, I want Theo to score the opener. Uh, Liverpool to peg back, um, and then obviously Alex Awobi. The Arsenal Academy product hit a volley from to, thirty yards out. To, may, just score the same goal he scored against Chelsea in the Europa League final, except it means something this time. It means something, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do it. They they, they, they gave up two stoppage time goals to Newcastle. Oh, that that match was bad, man. That was I, I was so like, bad. I think I was at the gym and I was like, let me just check these scores real quick, and I was like, okay. Um, I think it was going into the sauna because this was the the same day Chelsea were playing. And I was like, okay, well, let's just look here, and then I'll put it on on my phone and listen to it. And I like looked. And I was like, okay, um, yeah, okay, they're up, they're up. Uh, time's running out, so let's. What was it two nil? It was two nil. Yeah, they scored like, in the ninety fourth and then ninety. I was like, okay, cool. Minute. A defender. And then I got yeah, I got the update like five minutes later. I was like, they're up 2 0. Okay, fine. I got the update. It was like Everton Newcastle draws. Like, that that can't be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bleacher Report. You guys failed again. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Check last out time. This <laughs> screamer the... happened. <laughs> uh, yeah. Check out this screamer. It's uh, Benzema's goal against Carius in the Champions League final. <laughs> yeah. Um, Everton have not won against Liverpool in all competitions since October 17th. 2010. Call on your shot. So clearly, it's going to happen this year in Liverpool's best ever season. Um, oh my gosh! As always, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and are we on other platforms? I don't think so. At Footy Ado. Um, like, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, what's the thing? Anchor, you know, all those uh, podcast, podcast platforms that you listen on. And Jared, as always, pardon Zach's French. <laughs> <laughs>